Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by console.log. Works every time, no matter which thread you're in. Episode 286. React 0.73. Well, usually we call this the warmer but today, I think it has to be the colder because exactly. it's 20 degrees outside where I am. How cold is it where you are, Mazen? It's 40 today, but it is supposed to be 17 tomorrow. Oh, you didn't get the cold snap. Nope. Nope. It's still green Lucky. outside, unlike what it looks like. I can't even see outside your window because it's so bright and white. <laughs> the glare from my window is yeah. blinding because it's just all snow. Yeah. And it's not really... I can't even call it snow. It's like ice pellets. Mm, those are so the you have like... All of the downsides of an ice, like a snowstorm with no snow to go play in. Yeah. Like, we've just been stuck in the house for four days. Kids can't go sledding or any of that? Yeah. No, we really haven't gotten to go outside and play. We haven't had snow in like two, three years, I think. Yeah. It's weird. That's an ad to go uh, go move to Durham. It is. All right. Let's get on with it. Uh, you've probably noticed that I'm not Jamin. I think I say that every time he's gone. But <laughs> I'm Robin Hines, your host for today. And director of engineering at Infinite Red, located in very chilly Beaverton, Oregon, with my husband and my two kids, who you might hear in the background of this episode because they're home because school's closed. Um, I've specialized in React Native for the past six years, and I'm joined by my inspecting co-host, Mazen Chami. Mazen lives in Durham, North Carolina, which does not have snow right now. So just saying. He lives there with his wife and his toddler, and he's a former pro soccer player and coach, also a senior React Native engineer here at Infinite Red. Before we get into our topic, let's hear from our sponsor really quick. This episode is sponsored, as always, by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native consultancy located fully remote in the U.S. and Canada. If you're looking for React Native expertise for your next project, hit us up at infinite.red slash React Native, and don't forget to mention that you heard about us through the React Native Radio podcast. All right, let's get to it. Uh, we have a great episode about React Native 73, which came out a little bit ago. We had some some downtime for the holiday, so we're just getting to 73, but we're excited to talk about it. Lots of uh, developer experience improvements this time around, new architecture updates, Android updates. Let's get into it. Uh, starting with debugging improvements. First up, Hermes now captures console log calls starting from when the app starts. So I was reading the announcement and it sounds like previously, if you made any calls before the debugger was connected, your console logs were lost and you didn't have any logs. Mm. So now you have logs from the very start, uh, which can help debug any issues with app start. Does that sound right, Mazen? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think this also mainly pertains to if you have Flipper, or I could be wrong. No, yeah, it does. It does work with Flipper and also the Chrome debugger. So, yeah. Which is funny because we'll talk about this in a little bit. Flipper's actually being um, phased out starting in this release. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But if you still have it and you're still on the Flipper bandwagon, this will work with that. 
on that note, Reactatron 3, which I think we covered in the previous episode, automatically captures console.log. So you don't have to do what we previously required you to do, console.tron.log, or import the Reactatron package.log or .display, whatever it is you wanted to do. Now it just magically catches on. So everyone's getting on the console.log bandwagon of it being the best way to debug. Of course, kidding there. But it's very, yes. Everybody I does mean, it. everybody goes does without it. I mean, <laughs> I know we all talk about going away from console log and finding some fancy, shiny way to debug, but console log is never going away. It's never. Going I will away. always come back to console dot log yeah. debugging. I don't care what any what anyone says. It's the best. If this console dot table doesn't work, but I hope support for it comes soon. I know it's silly. Wait, what's console dot table? It like pretty formats it for you. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You should see it on like a React app. It's it's fun. Like when you do inspect and you see the log. This is what console. I missed out on by not being a web developer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was a web developer for just a minute and then I was out as soon as I could. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was a, I was a web developer for a minute and I knew about console. What are you trying to say, Mother? Anyway. Just saying. It was my favorite <laughs> debugging tool and it still is. <laughs> It's classic. It's it classic. is. There's also um, the debugging docs on the React Native doc site are updated now. Um, I checked them out. They go into a lot more detail about how to open all the different various debugging options and, and what they are. The biggest thing to note, I think, is that you'll see a section now about the new experimental debugger, which I think is they're hoping will be the, the future of the React Native debugger, which in the past has been kind of a ambiguous term because there's been a, a number of different options. Mm -hmm. And so no one really knew what you were talking about when you said the debugger. Yeah. But they're introducing uh, a new one, which is still an experimental phase. There's some bugs to work out and it's not super stable, but there's a section about it in the debugging docs now. Uh, so go read that. And for our listeners, that's the future replacement for Flipper. So as Flipper gets... Correct. removed this new quote-unquote experimental debugger or new debugger i guess is what it's technically called will be the new flipper in the in the announcement they refer to it as the experimental debugger i think just to differentiate emphasize that it's you might encounter some wonkiness or or bugs when you use it but they do want you to use it because they they want it to get better and they want to know where the rough edges are so you can run it by passing a flag to React Native Start. I think it's dash dash debugger. Dash dash experimental dash debugger. So there they are. See, they running <laughs> down on the experimental. It's yeah, doubling tag. down. In case you didn't know, it's experimental. <laughs> Did we mention it's experimental? It is intended to replace Flipper. Some of the known issues are some connection reliability. Persistence of breakpoints uh, and reliability of breakpoints. That actually, breakpoints are something I think we've been lacking a lot in React Native. Because before it was like console log every other line to get like, oh, wait, hold on. Here's my error. And then kind of go back. But breakpoints just really help you with that. We really do need that in React Native. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty standard in a lot of other, like, other languages, especially ones that have a, like a a full featured IDE and mm -hmm. debugging is really like built into the whole yeah. workflow. 
Uh, so I'm really excited to try it out uh, and and start incorporating it in addition to Reactatron and in addition to console lock yeah. because I'm never going to give those up. <laughs> I think we intend to do an episode all about debugging and the new debugger and the old debuggers in a couple months. So look out for that because it's a huge topic and we have a lot to say about it. But in the meantime, go try out the new experimental debugger. Uh, what's next, Mazin? So the next one is Simlink support. So it's now stable and enabled by default in Metro. So what do I mean by this? This is basically, if you have a monorepo setup, this is a great feature because you would pass in a flag called watch folders. And what that does is any directories outside your project root can now be watched by fast refresh. So let's just say your project root in a monorepo structure, right? In monorepo, you probably have like multiple apps. You have a shared folder, packages, whatever that may be, structure may be. And let's say your project root is the app because everything lives within the app. But you can also tell it, hey, watch all my packages for me because as I'm building, I do have like a UI library that I'm maintaining at the same time in my monorepo. So fast refresh will automatically, again, back to my word, automatically catch and trigger <laughs> a fast refresh every time you update something within those, um, those I folders. I love a little magic. Yeah. What would it be without magic? <laughs> I love, I love seeing all this monorepo support mm -hmm. um, and symlink support because it seems like people are, are really like moving towards monorepos. And I don't know if it's in, in response to the era of like microservices where everything was like mm -hmm. really, really segmented into, into small pieces. And now everyone's like, no, 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 let's just put it all back together. Yeah. And that seems reflected in the in the features that they're putting in. I think a lot of our clients as of recent, I know I'm transitioning to a new project and they didn't mention monorepo specifically, but based on the conversation, it's a monorepo. My previous project was a monorepo. Project before that was a monorepo. I could keep going. Like it seems like everyone wants the idea of separation of your apps, shared folder. Well, it mainly comes from the idea that React Native gives you all platforms, right? We have iOS, Android, and mm -hmm. web. So now you do need a shared folder so you can share your components, for example. But you also now need a design system library if you want to do that, right? I'm, I'm all for creating your own design system library other than using React Native paper, whatever. You know, there's a lot out there, UIKin and all that. I think with that and a monorepo structure and symlink support, it makes it much easier to to develop a React Native, multiple React Native apps, right? Different platforms yep. in a monorepo structure now. Looking ahead, uh, the next one in the announcement is the new Kotlin template on Android. And what that means is that the, the template that is used to generate a bare React Native project from like React Native init now uses Kotlin instead of Java for the Android files. Uh, Android like Google and Android officially recommend Kotlin. It's the default language for everything now. Java's really kind of being phased out. You can use if you if you have an existing project with Java files, you can use uh, there's this utility in Android Studio. It's under the code menu. Convert Java file to Kotlin file, which should help you update your existing project um, so that React Native upgrades are easier. 
Multi. You won't be able to use the upgrade helper if you're still using Java files in your project. So I have used that utility before, and it's it's pretty good. I I did a we had a project that was oh seventy two I believe it was, but they wanted to use Kotlin, so I was tasked with making the conversion happen, and I use that utility a lot. Comparing a copy and paste into ChatGPT, and I actually used Bard at the same time, and using this utility. They obviously this utility worked better, <laughs> given. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's very helpful. It made it very easy. Obviously, if you're using Expo Expo Prebuild, that'll all be updated in the new SDK. I think they were already using Kotlin. I'm not positive, <laughs> but you, if you're using Prebuild, you shouldn't have to worry about that. You may have to update your config plugins if you've got any custom ones that use Java. Um, but yeah, so be aware of that. What's next? Looks like Android 14 support. Yeah. So this one is interesting. It's, you know, Google's now requiring, you know, new apps to be at a certain API level or Android level. So Android 14 support API level 34, upside down cake, love that name, is now <laughs> the support in React Native 73. I love that they use yeah. like desserts for their name. And they're, I can't believe they're already to you. Mm hmm. Yeah, I wonder what Z's like. Be. I remember back when they were on like Lollipop Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 What are they gonna do when they reach the end of the alphabet? Yeah. Double A is gonna be interesting. Anyways, <laughs> uh, to support this bump, uh, there's a couple of things you need to do. Uh, one is you need Java 17, and the Android Gradle plugin is now at 8.1.x. You know, whatever version. Uh, minor uh, patch version you want from there. This 73 will be the last time you can support Android 5.0, so API level 21. I did not look up what that was, but it's probably some, something cool. So as of 74, you'll be on API level 23, Android 6. So if you do need Android 5, API level 21, 73 is probably your last version for that. So then you probably need to make a business decision on making that move over, whether you have users using those old um, old platforms. So there's there's that. According to the docs, what this kind of opens up is Android 14 now gives devs the ability so that as a user, I can select specific media rather than giving access to my entire media. So if you have an app that oh, selects nice. like a profile yeah. or something, you know, you need to give access to your photos and all that kind of stuff. And in the past, you had to do like a full allow. I know I'm one that usually is like, oh, I don't want to do this. But now that it's available, you can say like, okay, select this one folder that I have and get access to it. How long has iOS been doing that? I wonder. Oh, I like no. the dig, Robin. <laughs> nice. The tables have turned. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah so that, that's pretty uh, much it yeah it, it's now you know if you want to do it use install steps for java 17 are, are in the in the docs but again it's brew tap homebrew cask versions and then you install cask zulu 17 man sometimes the android ecosystem like sounds like you're in an, like talking another language yeah like star trek language zulu cat yeah, yeah. anyway Next thing on the docket is there's some really cool new architecture updates, baby steps towards getting everyone fully integrated with the new architecture. 
We already have fabric and turbo modules, and now 73 includes bridgeless mode. What, what? Previously, even when you enabled a new architecture, the bridge was still there for compatibility with modules that didn't support... Third-party libraries, for example. Right, third-party libraries. So it was sort of there as a safety net. And now you can disable the bridge entirely and go into bridgeless mode. Optionally, this is something that you that you purposefully enable. But if you're trying to sort of test the bounds of your native module or the native modules that you use, you can turn off the bridge entirely and kind of see what breaks and, and how to make things work. So it's the next step towards getting everything fully new architecture compatible. They're going very, they're going very slowly because they know it's a huge change and helping everyone make sure everything is up to date. And I assume that's because, you know, as a developer, if you have an app using React Native, you want to be on the new architecture for performance reasons and, you know, everything we've talked about over the past year plus at this point. So I think we know, we, we all get that. And this is one big step in that direction, but it's also giving you the ability. Luckily, it's still optional, which is great because when you turn it on, you're going to learn a lot of things are missing. You're going to learn a lot of issues in your modules in you know, maybe your modules, third-party modules and all that. So this is a way kind of for you to start debugging and moving towards the new architecture fully. Interestingly, though, in, a, in addition to bridges mode, they're also shipping what they're calling a native module interop layer. And this is quoting from the announcement that will allow you to reuse your old modules when in bridgeless mode, which feels like a new different kind of safety net. Mm -hmm. It's not the bridge, but... <laughs> it's not the bridge, but it's the bridge under a new but name. It's, it's kind of making making your stuff that used the bridge still work when you don't have the bridge. It's like that same <laughs> restaurant that you used to go to all the time that now has the now open sign, but it's the same decoration and same food and same people. Right. <laughs> new management. Yeah. And of course, the caveat of the day is that this is experimental and you should expect maybe some inconsistencies or... Mm -hmm things that don't work quite right, which you should uh, bring up to the core team in the new architecture discussion group. They really, really need people to try these things out and give them feedback. So. Please report. <laughs> Please report. Next up, uh, we talked about some new debugging features, but there's also some deprecated debugging features. Uh, most notably, Flipper is no longer included in the Bootstrap code. So the, the code that comes with your bare React Native app when you init it does not include Flipper anymore. You can still use Flipper if you wish. Um, you, can, you can install it yourself and add all of that boilerplate uh, yourself and it will still work, but they're not including it by default anymore. Some of the reasons why that they gave were just that it's, it's slow, Flipper often has a poor user experience, and it's it's a transitive dependency, meaning like it's this pretty significant dependency dependency that is just coming along for the ride, even for folks that aren't using it. And that's less than ideal because it adds to the bundle size and all that. And they also acknowledge that the, the team behind Flipper was maybe slow at addressing issues, not because they weren't a good team, just because Flipper was maybe just not prioritized. Um, over at Meta. So no longer included in the boilerplate. You can still add it yourself. That's the story with Flipper. 
use Reactatron. We'll just throw that in there. <laughs> they also have now removed JavaScript debugging using Chrome. Um, that that used to be where you would uh, turn on the debugger and it would open a Chrome window and it would be debugging your React Native app, but using the Chrome engine, which led to quite a lot of issues because React Native doesn't use the Chrome engine. And so bugs that were happening in your React Native app would not happen in your debugger because it was a completely different JavaScript engine. So they've deprecated that now. And so it's no longer available in the dev menu when you open that, which we just talked about in our recent episode about the the dev menu. Um, So as of 73, that's not in there anymore. And they did make a, a call out that if you're using JSC, it's now recommended that you use Safari developer tools instead um, for debugging on iOS. And last section, we have the breaking changes. So most, the main one is some Babel packages have been renamed. Uh, I will not list them out here. Use the upgrade helper at all times. It, it gives you all of them. This is this is part of the whole initiative of moving from their own individual repos into the React Native repository in their own monorepo. Whoa, would you look at that? <laughs> it's all coming together. Everybody's doing monorepos. Yeah, there you go. So there's a couple of Metro Babel packages there that you'd want to change. Additionally, uh, we, we've mentioned this, but Android Java 17. So you need Java 17 for Android to build your Android apps. Android has a major bump of Fresco to 3.0. iOS raises the minimum iOS version to 13.4. I believe it was 13 prior. Metro will no longer be automatically... Well, this is an interesting one, actually. Metro no longer automatically starts when running builds from Xcode. So in the past, when you'd run a build in Xcode, or even just do Yarn iOS, it would do Metro. So I think it still does it when you do Yarn iOS. But when you run it from Metro, from, sorry, Xcode, you won't get your Metro started. So you still need to do Yarn Start and then run it from Xcode. So this is that little one. And then the minimum Node.js requirement is now 18. So that's an interesting one. So some we might need to update that in some specific places. And the template uses, the template is now using TypeScript 5.0. There's a lot of cool changes in TypeScript 5.0. So that would be a good one to take a look at. Additionally, there's a bunch of CLI changes. I, I think what we'll do for these is probably just link it in the show notes because they're very like detailed. A lot of flags have been removed. A lot of like mm. stuff that, you know, would get lost over text, but over speech, sorry. So I would I would say, please take a look at the changes under the React Native CLI part section, which we'll include in the show notes. Uh, if you do have any custom CLI command that leverage the React Native CLI. You might want to take a look at this because there might it might affect you in some way. I would I would call out the removal of dash dash configuration and dash dash variant. Yeah. Um, I use those a lot. It's the CLI option that you use to run a release uh, on iOS. It's configuration on Android. It's variant. They've removed those and standardized on dash dash mode. So if you're trying to run a a release build it'll be dash dash mode release on both ios and android that's a good call up yeah and then the last breaking change is definitely type package for types 
for React Native, so at type slash React Native, has been officially deprecated because if you remember starting in React Native 71, first class support for TypeScript was automatically included and shipped. So React Native types have been in for about two versions. So, you know, why maintain it in two spots when it's automatically shipped, shipped with React Native? So there's that. If, again, the docs do a good job of showing you how to migrate, if you are still using the definitely types and not the React Native bundle types, there's an easy way to switch them out. And I'm sure even if you just uninstall it and just delete it from every single file, you can, your VS Code will help you auto-import mm -hmm. from React Native. So yeah, that's the breaking change. One, two, two couple things to just mention, and this is actually very important. This is kind of out of the realm, but kind of in the realm of 73. Huge kudos to the React Native team, uh, thanks to Ricardo, who was on this show, and Nicola Corti from the Meta team. They were able to get three patches up within 24 hours. We kind of watched it happen live. So 71.15, 72.9, 73.2 were released. And these were, there was a bug where the third-party library boost, which was hosted on JFrog, was pointing to the wrong checksum in the pod file. So small pod file update to help fix a bug that a lot of people were seeing with, with this change. Again, it's just, it was a small thing, but it took them, you know, as these small things do, they take a long time to kind of figure out and get to the end of it. So huge kudos to them and thank you. And on top of that, kudos, thanks to every one of the 68 contributors who worked on this release. That's 2,259 commits to get 73.0, not counting the 0 0.2, 0 0.1, that were also just released, getting that in our hands for us to use. So thank you to everyone who was part of that. Yep, we always... Uh, we always appreciate the React Native team for all they do. They make it possible for us to uh, do our jobs. Mm -hmm. So thank you, React Native board team and uh, open source contributors. That's it for the show today. Upgrade to uh, React Native 73. If you're on Expo, that'll be included with SDK 50, which we uh, just talked about in our most recent We React to News episode. Um, that's in beta now it might be fully released by the time this comes out. So God, good luck with your upgrades. I do have a mom joke. Ooh, let's hear it. This is courtesy of none other, none other than Frank Calise. Hmm. My friends and I put a band together and we called it 999 megabytes. <laughs> we still haven't gotten a gig though. Love it. Thanks. Frank. I lolled. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. As always, thanks to our production team with editor Todd Wirth, our assistant editor and episode release coordinator, yours truly, Jed Bartoski, our director of marketing, Justin Husky, and our guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg. Our producer and host is Jamin Holmgren, and executive producers and hosts are Robin Hines and Mazen Chame. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out at infinite.red forward slash react native. A special thanks to all of you listening today. Make sure to subscribe to React Native Radio wherever you get your podcasts.